listener exclusive. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. It is a Monday, April the 10th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And uh, with still a one game to go to complete this round, it is, of course, Easter Monday. In a round which saw the Saints uh, maintain top of the ladder with a healthy percentage in which a young Saints star announced himself. Will, do you know what my highlight of the round was? I'm sorry. <laughs> Florence kicked it. Is it there? Oh, did it make the distance? Score review, I reckon. Porter celebrating. The Port defenders are convinced they've won the game. Florence can't believe it. It was. Did you see it? Because you would have been watching the Saints game, okay. surely. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't see it live, but I was kind of keeping an eye on the score and I was like, what's going on here? But I reckon I have watched that last two minutes 10 times. Like, there is so much to dissect about that. And look, Swans fans, you know how I feel about your club. So, you know, let's just get this right off the bat. Yes, this is Schadenfreude. I'm finding some uh, delicious, delicious Schadenfreude tucked into this whole thing. But it was everything about what happened at the end. Okay, so, well, firstly, I need to say this. I was watching this game live. Great game of football. Like, looked like Sydney were absolutely going to smash Port. Port make a big comeback. Sydney get back on top. They look like they've got the job done. Port won't have enough in it to get to the... So it had already been a pretty amazing game. And it was right on brand for two guys, one cup. At one stage, I was like, oh, it's a pity Jake Lloyd isn't playing today. And then they went, oh, the stats? Jake Lloyd's the top disposals get up. (laughs) I was like, how has this happened? I swear I've been watching this whole game and I haven't seen Jake Lloyd once. And... It was such a fantastic game of football. The highlight, the, the, the dominant player on the field to me being Aaliyah Aaliyah, who was just having like Aaliyah squared back at the SCG, having just <laughs> one of those games. And then that final moment to watch it live because the commentators were even convinced. I guess yeah. because of the reaction from Florent, I guess because of like just every and aspect of it and the angle. But they were convinced. You could hear it in that commentary that even they thought that maybe it would go to a score review. Turns out it made it nowhere near the fucking line. <laughs> like Aaliyah Aaliyah is like a good metre inside when he punches it away. But uh, like as you said, every single bit of it is so good. I mean, the fact yeah. that Florent immediately falls to the ground in the celebration, like has another yeah. dude on top of him celebrating, Callum Mills, who is like one of the greatest guns of the game, that moment where he just like leaves the goal line and starts sprinting towards the celebration instead of like, I don't know, blocking and getting in the way, Buddy falling over and falling out of the way to clear the path and then just Aaliyah Aaliyah who all day had been doing 
basically a version of what you see there, just to come out of nowhere. It was amazing. It was amazing. And it was shot like a multi-camera drama. This is the thing. Like a lot of people have complained about like why are they – because the same thing happened last year with Buddy's Buddy's thousandth goal is like, you know, they shoot from this angle in which uh, bystanders crowd can just stand up in the way. But I thought that added to the drama. But then the way they were shooting the action and then the reactions and then it was like all these different versions. And I'm like, this is compelling. This is like an old school, like Australian multi-camera drama. This is a this is like a sons and daughters, a country practice. Back. You you did feel like you really got a sense of how every, like I mean, when they go to Hinkley. Because, like, this, it might be the difference between Ken Hinckley keeping his job and losing his job. That moment, that ball going that extra metre, because there was just a part of that that you knew that Ken was just going to go back to Adelaide and gather around, like, you know, those Port Adelaide fans who hate Ken Hinckley, and then just to see it turn around in that moment on the boundary line, like, everybody's reactions. Like, I mean, some of the Sydney fans were celebrating so much I thought they were going to charge the ground like buddies. <laughs> like the thousandth goal. I think two Sydney players had already made it out onto the street. That's how confident they were that they'd won the game. But it was you're right though. They're like the ebbs and flows, like the because I've watched the highlights since. But that Finlayson incredible mark to put in front, that felt like that was the end of the game, right? Like a minute mm. and a half to go. Like just an unbelievable mark and an emotional story tied to that bit as well. What a great end. But then the way it finished. But I think my favourite highlight was so after like the umpire, they haven't called for a review. They've gone with the goal umpire's decision. They cut to Florent being consoled by his mates. And you can just lip read him going, what happened? Yeah. What happened? He says yeah, it twice <laughs> like he just woke up from a coma. That's honestly what it looks like, isn't it? He just can't believe it. He's like, I don't understand. What happened? <laughs> well, here's what happened. You didn't kick it far enough and Aaliyah <laughs> bashed it out of the way. That's what happened. It was, it was the opposite of what Lukosius did last week where he kicks it from like 70 metres and it's like that ball just keeps on going. It just keeps on going. This just didn't go far enough. Like it, for all money, like, I agree. It looked like it was a goal from the angle that we were seeing it from. But then when you see that goal line footage, it's like, oh, yeah, that fell a good metre yeah. or two short. What happened? That's right. Barely made the square. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. And, and as you said, that Finlayson moment, I mean, the I don't know if you've seen the interview with Jude Bolton that he did immediately after the game, but it is Jude did such a good job because I did wonder whether he was going to bring up Obviously, everybody, if people don't know, if people aren't aware of this, that Je Jeremy Finlayson's uh, wife is has got a terminal illness and they really don't know if she'll survive like a year, two years. Like it's that sort of, so they've been struggling with that. They recently got married, you know, despite all that. And, you know, the fact that he's back playing football and being able to do it in those circumstances. And then he does this interview with Jude at the end and Jude you know, mentions it in, like, I think in in the right way, like in the way that it needed to be mentioned, but without, you know, like he was the right person in that moment. Of all the boundary riders, you felt safe in Jude Bolton's hands. Like, you know, he's a modern man. He's a sensitive soul. He was going to handle it right. And then Finlayson basically just talks about how much he loves his wife and, you know, how happy he is to be back playing football. And he starts crying. And I was just like, you know what, Ollie Florent? Watch this and you'll yeah. feel better. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, you, made, you, you actually made this happen. You've, this is like a make a wish for you. Yeah. You've made like a guy who's been going through a really hard time really happy today. So don't feel so bad that it didn't make it. Don't you think it's also what this round has proved also is just like every year we get sucked into, you know, oh, after round one, oh, this team's going to win the flag, this team is not. Like yeah. Sydney 
after those first two rounds, you're like, oh my God, they've got no hangover from that grand final beating. And then two games later, you've got serious doubts about, well, Franklin seriously can't play in that forward line. There's just not enough room. Like they're just, they're, maybe, maybe, they're, maybe they have to like completely restructure their entire forward line. Having watched the whole game, it's incredible that Port won that game. Sydney, to me, were, when they were on, looked unstoppable. Looked like a premiership team. Looked like that, I mean, I don't have a lot of worries about Sydney other than I'm not really sure how they let Port back into it. You know, one of those things, I reckon after the game, they'd just be like, how did that happen? Because (laughs) (laughs) Ollie Florent was literally saying that. You get up here. (laughs) Ollie, I think you speak for all of us. What happened? What happened? (laughs) 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 Yeah, it was incredible. What a a moment. What a season. This is, again, Charlie, I've said this several times about the AFL this season, but is this not – I mean, this is the Russell Crowe are you not entertained? Because if you're not entertained by AFL football at the moment, if you're not enjoying what the the teams and the competition are dishing up as a spectacle, then you're not paying attention. Well, it's also like I felt leading into this season, the appetite for footy was bigger than ever. Like all my mates who are following football, no one could wait for the footy season to start. And I think it's absolutely delivering. I mean, I watched the, the Brisbane-Collingwood game and I was like, Brisbane, you mentioned it last week and I hadn't really thought about it. Like the music, it really sort of like, there's no other team that that does it as well. I know other clubs sort of, you know, toy around with it, but I really paid attention to the music and you're right. Like they have their own thing going on up there. They clearly can't take the show on the road. (laughs) They're a really good, they're like a they're like Powderfinger. They're a really good local band, but they haven't quite cracked internationally. They can't go over borders just yet. And no one can quite understand it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I think they need to do? I think they need to bring their own music. So I think it's got to be one of those things where, like, when Charlie Cameron kicks the goal when they're playing, say, at the MCG or they're in Adelaide on the weekend, they've got to get the runner to run out immediately with a headset, like a little like a little iPod and some headphones and just pops them in so he can sing a bit of Country Road, Take Me Home, just to get him into the spirit. Yeah. But it's weird, though, isn't it, like how different they look at home like they they looked I mean Camarena going to the forward line was clearly like that changes things doesn't it like all of a sudden he looks like the best footballer going around but even like Joe was like doing non-Joe things like handballing to people in the correct positions not just taking pings from impossible spots going into the ruck and doing really well it's like how do you guys look so good at home and so bad away from home I love Joe as a second ruck though I know we don't tend to talk like a lot of footy detail on this podcast but that just feels like his perfect position is like, you know, when he's like playing a bit more time because he's a really good like midfield mark and like you said, he can handball, he, like his disposal is pretty good when it's like field kicking. Like I really like that. And after the week that he'd had, you know, where everybody was just, you know, with classic Joe Danaher. This is Joe Danaher. This is like a Joe Danaher sandwich because he was good the week before, he was shit in the middle and then he was good again. That's your best version of the Joe Danaher sandwich. Sometimes you've got shit on the outside and good in the middle, but at the moment I feel like you're pretty happy with what you're getting from Joe. But I was watching Charlie Cameron very closely and he sings after every time. He sings on every time. Like I don't even know if he's aware that he's doing it. And it's kind of like it's so 
endearing. What we, I mean, I was going to say what we know about Charlie Cameron, but what we don't know about Charlie Cameron from his Twitter account. Like we know he's a man of very specific, repeated interests. And I just want to know, like, can we get some intel on that song? What is it about that song? Did it, like, did his dad used to play it to him? Like, what is the what is the connection that Charlie has to that song? Because he has not grown sick of it. How many goals has Charlie Cameron kicked in his career with that song playing? And he still is happy to sing along to it. I mean, that's the other thing about that song is like, it's a, it's just not a song you would choose. Like, I don't understand. Like, yeah, but also like uh, 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 the Big O having "Not Pretty Enough" as his kind of post goal song. I'm like, was that thrust upon him? That sounds like a rib from your teammates. Like, how does that become your song? Um, all right, where where am I going to find like some information about Charlie Cameron and why he loves this song? So, um, Brisbane Lions Facebook page. Oh, I'm probably not going to be able to log on to this because I'm not on Facebook, but. Country Road is back because oh, he changed it, didn't he, last year for some reason um, as a bit of a Charlie Cameron's officially confirmed it's back. And yeah, I want to know, oh, why Charlie's revving? The inspiration behind that motorbike celebration? Oh, no. No, I don't want to know again. that. We can get podcast Mike onto it. There's just a, one other clip I want to play to you from this game, and this is a very specific to you and I. This is a conversation okay. we had many times uh, about a, an, an ex-Bulldogs um, uh, player who also played for the Hawks. I, this bit of commentary caught my ear. Good turnover and then the finish as well from Pryor, outstanding. Had a bit of L Hodge off a step. Ping. I was thinking more Matty Sucking. <laughs> Reminds me a lot of Sucking the way he kicks the ball. It just looks effortless. Just hit it beautifully, didn't he? Now, can we talk about the suckling delusion? <laughs> four years. Four years. There has been this yeah. myth created about Matthew Suckling with this incredible left foot kick. But you watched him closely at the Bulldogs, and I paid a lot of attention. I don't think I ever saw him hit a target. No. Ever. No. In fact, if anything, he put the suck into suckling most of the time <laughs> when he tried to kick it. He looked effortless because he looked like sometimes he wasn't trying to hit a target. <laughs> I guess that's effortless. I mean, I don't know if he got worse when he got to the Bulldogs, but I like when I sort of think of like oh, who who are beautiful, like like Darren Jarm and people like that. But Matthew Suckling somehow has snuck into the conversation as this amazing field kick. Yet I've never seen like an example of it. No, I think that he's a classic example of that like he would nail one in every eight of those field kicks and when he did it would look so good that people would overlook the other seven that just had not gone to the person that I meant to go to. Now, Will, you're off socials, so you're not yeah. um, uh, up to date with the uh, the hubbub on the footy social medias. But this Ooh. is that okay. game. Uh, there is a narrative that is trying to get going from people who hate Collingwood, which is so ridiculous, which is Nick Dacos, the founder chink in his armour, and that it's his soft because there was an incident in the game in which he went in for a ground ball and pulled out slightly. And yeah, everyone's that. like, aha, aha, this player who's the next Chris Judd, he's soft. Mind you, he had 38 possessions, 10 of them contested in that same game. <laughs> but these fucking idiots out there who just want yeah. to... And look, I, go, I want to hate Collingwood too, but you're picking the wrong horse. If you're saying that Nick Dacos, that he's no good because he maybe took a backward step in one contest. He's 19 years old, by the way. But also he didn't take a backward step. He made a strategic decision clearly in that moment that he thought the ball was going to pop up and he propped to see if he could, 
get the ball and take. Like, I mean, that that old school mentality that the best decision in that situation is to run headfirst into another person who's going headfirst is yeah. like we've seen that that's not the way that you should be playing your football. And if you're, I've got to be honest with you, if you're coaching someone who's as good as Nick Dacos, like I, if I was, yeah. I'm, if I'm Craig You don't McRae, take your Rolls Royce yeah. like four-wheel driving, That's right. right. If I'm Craig yeah. McRae, I'm just like, good, you saw that pothole coming and you drove around the pothole. That is exactly what you should do. Like I think Nick Dacos has probably got one of those like, you know, those modern cars have like a pre-sense in them. Yeah, yeah. That if there's a danger uh, situation, like he probably wanted to go in, but the little pre-sense that have installed in his brain <laughs> just stopped him before he had a crash. Yeah, I mean, he trains at the Lexus Centre. Maybe they did a bit of crossover with the engineering. Oh, you know those things you put in the cars? Can you just put one in Nick's head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Proximity sensor. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> But it's also this thing too, like that, that was the knock on Brad Hill the last three years is, oh, he doesn't, you know, he's soft. It's like not every player is an inside. It's not mid. his job. Like it's not his job. His job is like he's a distributor. He's a skillful to, distributor. To quote like, a guy who knows about uh, football, Scott Morrison, that's not my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Like I just, I, I look, like I said, I'm I'm quite happy for Collingwood to have a downfall and to, and to start hating mm. Collingwood again. But I will not hear a bad word about Nick Dacos. We said this, uh, we've said this lots of times on this show, like footy is better for having both Dacoses in the game. Yes. I don't want him to get a hurt. That was a perfectly good decision. Like, the, in fact, this is the thing that we're going to have to get used to more and more about this game because as we know and with tragic circumstances, like when it comes to, you know, the, the McCartans, you know, is that concussion is such a huge issue in our game. We're just going to have to get used to the idea that some of those elements that used to be in the game are not there anymore. And I think it's a good thing because you want to see Nick Dacos do what Nick Dacos does every week. And when you're talking about all the good things that Nick Dacos does, going for that hard ball and getting it in that moment, that's not his game. No. That's why you got Taylor Adams in your side yeah. for. That's his job. I don't ever want to see Darcy Moore get a hard ball. I know he can get a hard ball, mm. but he's a very beautiful man, Darcy Moore, and I love his hair. Like, I don't know what's going on with his headband situation. He can't seem to make up his mind whether he wants, like, the full wrap or, like, the thin little traditional Aussie rules elastic strap, but I'm digging it. I like his look. Yeah, I agree. Like, keep the pretty play. I think there should be some sort keep of... pretty players pretty. pretty. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> keep them pretty. The two guys won cup hashtag. I mean, I just think that they should at the start of the season, much like Robbo's top 50 players, there should be somebody. Like, I mean, I'm not going to get Robbo to assess this. I feel like who's a good person to assess? If Robbo's your chief footy rider, if we're going to assess who's hot or not, you know. So if you're going to do, say, the top 50 players in the AFL based on hotness and rank them, and then they become, like, I mean, the head is always sacrosanct. But in the case of these players, the head and the face are also sacrosanct. Well, who's the hottest player to have ever played the game, like ex-player? Like when you when they did those men for all seasons calendars, like Shane Crawford was a he was a pretty a permanent fixture in the men for all seasons. Ben he Cousins was, kind of, was at his prime, was yeah, that's not, a very let's, hot let's, player. Let's, well, ben Cousins is on is, he seems to be doing really well. Let's yeah. not like give him any more responsibilities. He's doing I, let's just like, concentrate I just on recovery. It might be a good way to get him back in the game. Like in a low stakes. He gets way. invited to a bunch of glamorous parties. Yeah. When they, when they, that seems like a great place. Oh, yeah, it's a good point, actually. You're right. Sorry. No. <laughs> no, let's look, look, we'll stick with Croft. He's still in the media. Okay. I think he does some stuff mm-hmm. for Channel 7 still. So Croft could judge. Right. 
who the hottest players are. We rank. What about, can I throw in another suggestion? Michael Roberts. Oh, yeah. The prettiest player to have ever played the game. The prettiest player to have ever played the game. And I don't know if you've seen Michael Roberts recently, but he's got that Richard Wilkins thing where, like, he just is still hanging on to being a pretty good-looking cat, like, way beyond what his age should be. So I reckon he might be your guy. Already in the media, got a bit of spare time, got the runs on the board. Yeah, and he was a Sale of the Century model too, I believe, Michael Roberts. Sale of the Century model. I mean, come on. I mean, you're right. Like he is the he's the grandfather of the pretty yeah. boy footballers, isn't he? Yeah. So we get yeah. Michael Roberts. So, so the two okay. Robos. So we get. <laughs> Can you we, imagine we get, putting we get Michael Rob- Roberts <laughs> and Robo so, on the side? Robos talk about Robos. They both do their they both do their lists. I mean, come on, look at the two of them on a panel. That is wow. Beauty and the Beast. That is. So you got Mark Robinson doing his top 50 players and then you've got Robbo doing his top 50 hottest. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely down with that. Um, uh, a player who uh, I don't think would make Michael Roberts' list um, but has been a favourite of ours is, uh, is Canners, is Ben Cunnington. Uh, got dragged, got benched on the weekend. Is there any other coach besides Alistair Clarkson who could have gotten away with benching Ben Cunnington? Maybe Bevo. I mean, I reckon Bevo could do it. Uh, Ross Lyon, you could see benching him. But I think there'd be a lot of coaches who'd be too scared to bench Ben Cunnington. I did notice because Clarko, the rebranding of Clarko, warm, cuddly Clarko, like yep. he did an incredible Grand job, Dad. by the way. Yeah, the granddad Clarko, down on the down on the boundary line, encouraging the players like he's an overzealous grandpa who's Footy coaching coach. a junior yeah. team. Um, yeah. But he was great with the Royal Children's Hospital appeal using, like, you know, the way that he was, you know, like doing the interview with a kid in his hand who's mucking around with the microphone and all that sort of stuff. Brilliant. But also very handy if you're going to drag Ben Cunnington to have, like, a sick yeah. child in your hands. <laughs> That's <laughs> just, right. Just yeah. as a little, you can't punch you in the guts if you're holding up a sickly <laughs> child, a child in front of your guts. Well, what I realised, though, is you've got to be real careful when you're using Ben Cunnington's nickname. Mm. Um, here's a little clip. Here's a little clip after the show. We just needed to try something, try something different, and, and Gunners just didn't have a didn't have a great day. So you've really got to pronounce the R's in Cunners because that sounds a lot different <laughs> when you don't <laughs> lean on the R. <laughs> you just play it again, Mike. <sighs> We just needed to try something, try something different, and, and Gunners just didn't have a didn't have a great day. Mm. So, <laughs> like, mm. I don't know about you, I could not hear an R. Mm. I had a cun, but I had no R. Mm. Yeah, look, I mean, I've got to be honest with you. You've dragged him, and you're calling him names. This yeah. is dangerous territory. <laughs> um, that match, the Carlton Roos match, uh, was notable for another incident, which was Harry Mackay, 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 uh, missing from the goal square. I'm not sure if you saw it. But everyone's sort of saying, oh, how could he miss? I actually think of all the goal square, the famous goal square misses, the Josh Bruce, uh, you know, Malcolm Blight running to the point. I reckon that one wasn't that easy. Like he's running in on an angle, had a dude on his tail, and he, yeah, he missed kicked it. But do you think like it ranks in the top three misses of all time? <sighs> Look, it was a bad miss. Anytime you miss from the goal square, people are going to say that it's a bad miss. but On an angle, though. It's not <laughs> facing the goals. No, you're right. I just think if it was me, I could see myself missing that shot. <laughs> but I know I'm not a professional footballer. No, you're not. <laughs> um, 
He had a good day though. He was best on ground. Like he was like he's I don't I think he's had a bit of a slow start to the season, but he was I think this is what you get with Harry. This is yes, part of like when you get him at his best, this is also actually part of it. Like, you know, if you expect him to keep freak goals from 45 meters out, he's also going to miss one occasionally from the goals. He's basically the Joe Danaher of Carlton. Yeah. Because I, 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 that, that, that WhatsApp chat that's filled with Carlton supporters, I was asking them, I was like, has Harry always been this comical in games? Because he does a number of things in a game where it's like, oh my God, that was so bad. And then he'll do something amazing. And they said, yeah, yeah, that's always been his MO. He's kind of like too good, one bad. That's what you get with Harry. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's him at his best. I think when you see him miss from a goal square, you're like, okay, good. We're on here today. So we're on on the listener uh, platform and the, the Mackay brothers have a podcast that's also on, on, on the listener platform. I'm wondering, yeah. you're like, if we could get him on at some point, what would you ask Harry? Well, uh, firstly, I reckon that entire podcast sounds like a cover for the fact Deep that they're, they're, they're clearly the same person. Yeah. Well, you never see them in the same shot when they post video highlights. It's always exactly. like one to the other. There's, I mean, it feels like there's a lot of covering up. Like the fact that they've started a podcast yeah, yeah. just for the reason to prove that they are two separate people, yet you never get to see them play against each other. It's been eight seasons now and we c- can't see them play against each other. So it feels like that it might be a cover-up. Mm. Um, do you think it would be easier to get Ben than Harry? Yes, 100%. Yeah, interesting. Why? Well, just because he's, you know, he's got a lot, seems to have a lot of spare time. It's not on the field very much. Like, I, I know he plays for North Melbourne, but I do not think I've actually ever seen him play for North Melbourne. Yeah. Um, because you only watch North Melbourne when they play Carlton. Yeah. <laughs> he's playing. But it's interesting because I, I saw something... In the lead up to the Suns game, I saw a Saints supporter saying, uh, "Oh, uh, Cal Wilkie would have played on Max King in Max in you know in practice matches, so that'll that's good training for him playing on Ben King." And I'm like, "But is that right? Like, if you play on the twin brother of someone, does that then equip you to play? Like, if you're a North Melbourne player, like, does the whoever was uh, you know does someone lining up on 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 Ben McKay, does that give him a good grounding?" to then play on Harry? I don't know, but it does. Apart from the physical attributes, they would play differently, I imagine, right? I mean, unless you're basing the majority of your tactics on how they look, (laughs) which again, (laughs) once we have Michael Roberts' top 50 hottest players, then we'll be able to, (laughs) you know, really assess this. Uh, Will, are you prepared for the Adelaide Crows to be good again? Yeah, I don't think they're they're good, good again yet. I think in a couple of seasons when they're good, good again, I might not be prepared for that. But I'm fine with this version of the Adelaide Crows. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want all interstate footy like from those traditional footy states, Western Australia and South Australia. You need like Western Australia m- might as well build that Mark McGowan wall again <laughs> because they are just a write off over that. I mean, I don't know what's going on over there, but. Like, it's a mess in Western well, Australia. It's going to be but hard need- to book some Airbnbs in WA this winter. I mean, last year it was just the Eagles fans <laughs> who were discovering their own state in winter. But this year it seems like you got Freo and Eagles supporters going to be like, you know what, we're not watching yeah. much footy. Let's just go, let's go up to Broome. Check that out. We've heard yeah. a lot about if it. You, if you want to go to Margaret River in July, <laughs> yeah. you might want to book now. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. But, yeah, but we need some, you know, port. We're not sure yet. Bit of a mixed bag, you know, with Port Adelaide. I don't mind Adelaide being... I think it's good for the competition when Adelaide's a bit stronger. And I like the way that they're doing it. I will say that. It does feel like 
the excitement's coming from the right places in Adelaide. Yeah, and it feels like the commentators are getting their heads around Riley Philthorpe's name. Oh. Last year, it was just a mess. It was just everyone was Doug Hawkins. Everyone was yeah. thrill flopping, thrill thrill flop, thrill thrill flop. <laughs> But I just noticed, because I, I watched that game, yeah. and I was like, oh, everyone's pronouncing it correctly, and I feel like... Yeah. That's a sign. Yeah. They're coming. <laughs> they're yeah. coming. Everyone's yeah. like, oh, they're aware I, of who this kid is now. I think Matthew Nix in the post-show review, the, post, the post-game review, would be doing a little clip of people actually pronouncing his name right and going, look, see, they're paying attention to <laughs> us now. This is a good step forward. But what about Frio? Like, I, I'm so bummed out. I really liked Frio last year. I love the way they went about it, but... It feels like they've changed their game style. I don't remember them being one of those chip pass teams last year with all the because they've got all these like gun midfielders and really super quick players, but now they're just doing this like slow movement kind of thing. Slow mo free out. Oh it's, yeah. I think they're the one uh, team in the competition who looked at the new way that football is being played, which is high speed and through the middle and keeping the ball constantly moving, and thought, "Fuck that." Yeah, I reckon. What about if we played really slow yeah. and chipped it around? I reckon we could lose every game. Yeah, what's that joke about <laughs> WA being ten years behind the rest of Australia? It's like, it seems like tactically they are as well. <laughs> I mean, it does. It's they're bad. Yeah, they're, you know, they're bad always to watch. That team. Not boring. Like you're like, yeah. oh god, thank god Adelaide were in that game because at least there was something exciting about the way they play. Yeah, I don't. It does seem weird, doesn't it, Freo? Because like when they like beat up the Bulldogs in the finals last year, you were thinking, well, this looks like a team that's on the way up, not a team that's suddenly the ass is going to fall out of them. But there is always one team that makes the eight that has a really shit season the next season. And I've got to be honest, in the first couple of weeks, I was pretty sure that was going to be the Bulldogs. (laughs) So I'm pretty happy that it's Freo and not us at the moment. Well, let's talk about the doggies because footy is better when the Bont is firing. And he was unbelievable against Tigers. I know it wasn't like exactly the strongest opposition, but what the Bont does in traffic, like his handballs are just insane. Like the his vision and the way he gets the ball out. And then that doesn't even sort of take into account, you know, what he does in the air. I mean, I did like that the commentators, they they were just fawning over him. But then every time he lined up for goal, they're like, oh, but he can't kick for goal. <laughs> It's like, Jesus Christ, like you're all on him three weeks ago. He's finally like lifted his game and you're still not happy. Well, I actually think he's had an okay season. Like, um, But he did that thing where the last couple of weeks when we needed to win, he's just absolutely taken it on his own back and decided he's going to make sure that that happens. And I like that version of Bond because he's so skillful. Um you know, he kind of, you know, he'd been pushed forward. We've had other players, you know, like we've had big midfield depth, so he hasn't been playing as often in there. But this version of him where you remember, oh, yeah, he's tough. Like he can actually get the ball and feed the ball. Like, I mean, he's an incredible player when he's playing like that. And in those conditions, which were not conducive to highly skilled football, he he looked like he was the only person who was playing with a dry football at some t- at some stages. Yeah, he's great to watch. There is a Bulldogs player I wanted to ask you about because mm. I'm not sure what he's like. He's a redheaded dude with a mustache, Oscar. Um, Oscar Baker. Oscar Baker. Mm. <laughs> is he like the poor man's Gary Rowan? Yeah. Like he looks and plays exactly <laughs> like Gary Gary Rowan. It is Gary. Like Rowan. I just sort of we got Gary Rowan on. He said we, you're gonna have to wear a mustache. Yeah, but that's I was right. <laughs> 
in Cumbers Play. He's Gary Rowan with a mustache. I'm pretty sure Gary Rowan is moonlighting for the Bulldogs. You'll be Gary growing a mustache, and (laughs) we're going to get you over to the Bulldogs. Uh, I'm not sure where you put the Tigers in your preseason predictions. A lot of people were putting them in the eight. They look, I mean, they literally are looking banged up, injured. They've got like injuries everywhere. Their older players are looking a little bit slower. Um, Dimmer was not copping any journalist shit. I don't know if sure his press conference, but just listen to this exchange. What Alex Gaith was concussed. Hey? A, Alex Gaith was concussed. Yeah, from what though? There was an incident. There was a collision. Yeah, what you're saying, an incident. I don't know what incident are you talking about, the one. There was an incident in the first quarter. Yeah, in a marking contest. Yeah. Yeah, well, who knows? That was raised on the broadcast that he might be in trouble. Oh, it's raised on the broadcast, is it? So that's, but I've listened to the broadcast recently. They're not great. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what I love about that as well is like the broadcast is just this generic thing. I've yeah. listened, which means it could be the TV broadcast, it could be any yeah. of the radio broadcasts. None, none of them are any good. It was raised yeah. on all of them, and I've listened to them, and none of them are any good. He was this close to saying fake news. Like, you know, the press are all fake news. Like, it was just so combative. And you can, you get it. Like, I understand why Dim is angry, but then he was sort but of going isn't on it about... also one of those things where you just say what happened, which is that it, it was very obvious that Lynch... You know, he, you go, well, you just think he was trying to compete. If he's if it's been mistimed, he'll cop whatever he needs to cop. But, you know, Al, he's a very fair player and we believe that he was, you know, going for the ball in that moment and doing everything. Like, can't you do that or does that... Is that a like a tribunal thing? They they they, they always have to pretend like... They didn't say it. Yeah, I, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Which is Mate, fine. I mean... That- but, but you did. We all know you did. <laughs> no, you did. You're the coach <laughs> of the game. There's like 15 screens. You've got 95 coaches. You've got them behind the goals. You fucking saw it. The one <laughs> thing we know is you saw it. <laughs> but I, that, I mean, if that's the default, that's fine. I can live... I didn't say it, sure. Like you're looking at the stat sheet or whatever. But the idea that he then throws it back to the journalist to explain more, like the journalist is going to like back down or forget like you're just dragging it out you're drawing more attention to the incident just say i didn't see it and move on but what are you talking about what incident like don't fucking play dumb dude we all know what's going on yeah the bit where tom lynch hit alex keith in the head like do you remember that you yeah, a guy got like carried helped off by trainers because tom lynch hit him in the head even if you did not see the incident let's just assume that you're not lying to us when you said you didn't see it were you curious why Alex Keith was being carried off the ground <laughs> when you looked back around and you were just like, oh, what happened to Alex Keith? Oh, I don't know. None of us saw yeah. it, boss. Yeah, food poisoning, I believe, boss. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I believe. And an icky tummy. It's okay. Certainly nothing to do with Tom Lynch. So what happens, though, with the Tigers now? So, you know, clearly, you know, they may make finals if they do it in a miraculous Mate, run. But if you watch them play in that second quarter, and I know the Bulldogs are famous for letting a team absolutely dom- dominate us for like a, a, you know, a bunch of goals in a row, but they look like, like the Tigers of old are still there. So if they yeah. could manage... Well, they're tough and they're bold, Will. <laughs> yeah. And if you could manage to play like they played in that second quarter for more than just one quarter, they're still a finals team. But it's been a while since you've seen Richmond. I think... What we see from Richmond a lot now is you see glimpses of the old Richmond and we all go, ah, here we go, here we go. It's about to happen again. Here we go. It reminds me a bit of Hawthorne post the, the three-peat when they started bringing in like Jaeger and Chad Wingard and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, they've still got that core and you just top up with some import talent. So 
getting in like Hopper and Taranto. Taranto. But it just sort of feels like the balance is quite out now and they sort of need to get that, you know, that that youth going or, or whatever it is because they traded out like um, Coleman to North Melbourne and uh, a bunch of other kind of young players and it's like I just – and I don't know that – like Taranto's a good player and Hopper's a good player but they're the same kind of player, right? They're inside mids. Mm. Yeah, and it, look, they're in that weird in-between period too, aren't they, with like Rewalt and – you know, Cochin and those guys where you're just not quite sure yet. Like, I mean, Martin even. There's moments in that game where Martin was so good and then then there's other moments where you're like, where, where did Dusty go? I, I'm not one of those people who hated Richmond when they, you know, became the Richmond dynasty. I know a lot of people kind of got on that wagon. I think footy's better with a powerful Richmond. We want big, big clubs with their supporters. I, honestly, like in the rain, at the MCG to have a, a crowd that size and a crowd that loud. Like one of the Bulldogs players was being interviewed after the game and he was like, I don't think any Bulldogs players, Bulldogs fans came today. <laughs> I don't think there was anyone in the entire ground apart from Richmond fans. Yeah, you want you want a strong Richmond in the game. Um, you know who isn't strong, Well, is, is the Suns. Your second team, the Suns. How was it seeing your first team up against your second team? Well, look... Saints were electric again. Uh, that third quarter was hot, very hot. Um, but I didn't take any pleasure in seeing the Suns um, um, not play well. Well, here's the thing. I don't actually think the Suns played that badly. It's just that the Saints' pressure is so good. Did you see they showed a stat? So the pressure gauge that they put up on Channel 7 or Fox 40, whatever it is, goes up to 220. The Saints had their pressure at 240. They had, uh, I believe at one stage, uh, the pressure gauge was being run by Scotty from Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) It was insane. So like the first quarter was quite even. In fact, I think the, the Suns went into the quarter time break in front and then the Saints just did what they've done to, you know, every team that they've played so far, which is just sort of put the pressure on. But... Mitch Owens. Can we talk about Machido Owens? Uh, the first uh, uh, new uh, Next Generation Academy uh, prospect that we've ever got through who's been any good. Game 11, 27 touches, 19 contested possessions, took fucking grabs left, right and centre. But he's such a baby face. Like he sort of plays with this enthusiasm of like... Um, I don't want to say Lenny of Mice and Men, but like, you know, because <laughs> he's this like kid, he's a six foot three kid. Yeah. He, you know, as a junior, apparently he was a midfielder and then he had a growth spurt where he, you know, got to six two, six three, and he's got this big body and it's almost like, it's almost like he's stolen, he's a 16 year old who's stolen a car and he's just having fun, just like driving this Hummer down the street, knocking guys over, crashing packs, kicking goals. Like He reminds never... me of um, Shazam. Yes, exactly, Shazam. That's perfect. He he's just got this kind of body that can do these things, and he's just like, I'm just gonna fucking have a shot from fifty mm. on my wrong foot. I'm just gonna take, I'm gonna sit on dude's head and take a grab. This is awesome. It feels like he has just woken up and found himself in that body, and he wants to just try out all the things that it can do. Yeah, it's like big. It's Shazam. Yeah. It's big. It's all this stuff. But we just have like the knock on the Saints for it feels like a decade has been ah oh, they got no talent you know they their best player even we brought in from GWS Jack Steele, but now out of necessity I guess because we have no players we just had to dig into our kind of youth, and we're getting these like kids bobbing up but also like Jack Higgins who. I was kind of a bit lukewarm on, you know, when he came over because, you know, he's Jack Higgins, you know, he kicked goal of the year, but then he's, he's Jack Higgins. But now I think that is Jack Higgins 
like a poor man's Tom Papley? Is he the is he St Kilda's Tom Papley? Like small forward, pesty kind of elements, not an out and out pest, but has that kind of yappy kind of personality, but loves a goal. Like you've never seen a dude like you know. Well, you've seen Tom Papley, but in Saints colours, celebrate a goal quite like this guy. Last week when we had the one fifty collar on, he was popping the collar. <laughs> After each goal, this week it was the shark spin. I think it was a shark spin on top of the head. What do you reckon? Could he be our Tom Papley? Yes, and I think that this is your your lot of that style of small forward. Is that if your team's not going well, they're the ones that almost look the most exposed, right? Because not only are they not getting the opportunity to kick goals, which is the thing that they love more than anything else in the world, but even when they do, if you're like six goals behind. You just can't bring the shark spin out. Like that, and that's the that's when those guys come alive. Like, you know, you don't want Papley to kick a goal when you're six goals behind because it's then very hard for him to, you know, run towards the crowd and like, you know, have an arrogant celebration. And that's what you want to see. And I think it's the same with Higgins to a certain extent. And most small forwards who fit into that role is that like you want them to be in a team that's going well so that they can fully lean into the absolute, like, you know, small forward celebration style of play. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think with this forward line that we've got now, which is kind of a bit of a uh, unknown uh, unknown quantity to the opposition, you know, got Caminiti, who was in the list two months ago, who's playing really well, all these small forwards. Max King is going to be ready at some point. Do does Max King have to play seconds to get back into the firsts? Like we we're talking about Rolls Royces before, Nick Dacos, you don't want him playing it. Like, but do you put Max King into the reserves? And and what if he like injures himself in the twos? Is that a huge mistake, or do you bring him into the seniors? If he injures himself in the twos, you just keep playing this dominant team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> so I think that's fine. I think you're yeah. fine how you are. I think the only thing that you're worried about at the moment is that how King fits back into the dynamic of that forward line. I'm not saying he – I'm not one of those people who thinks that he won't, but you've got to think about how you do that. Like you've got a winning, winning formula at the moment, so bringing him back in is going to – so you want him at his best when you're doing that, which to me says you bring him back through the twos. You get – you let him get some form because the last thing you want for King is he comes in, he's not ready, he doesn't play great, it throws out the rhythm of that forward line, suddenly the Saints lose and it's all King's fault. Like, I don't think that's what you want as a Saints supporter. Well, that's what happened last year. I mean, he basically took the blame when he kicked those five behinds. So Caminiti is the unlucky one. But you'd imagine for a guy who didn't even do a preseason, who's 19 years old, he will get tired at some point. So that's when you do the old the old switcheroo, you want to sort of time it. Can Caminiti get to at least round 9, 10, 11, 12, hold on until then, and then you can sort of bring in Max King. But I feel like that's what you want. And then Ross Lyon yeah. just goes over, taps him on the shoulder and says, that'll do, pick. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> You've done your job. The King's like, That's back. not my nickname. They call me the Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ross Lyon, uh, he did a presser before the game. And it was just full of, like, Rossism. So I just want to play you what he said first. Well, Lockie Weller had a BOG, so he's back off ACL. You know, long winner. Like, Lukosius, he's a precocious talent, isn't he? Right? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so oh I don't know who, what it sounded like to you, but he's like, like Weller, you know, BOG of an ACL, yeah. you know, Lukosius is precocious. I'm like, I, I think he's spitting rhymes. So, yeah. so podcast might put this together. Well, Lockie Weller had a BOG, so he's back off ACL. You know, long winner. Like, Lukosius is a precocious talent, isn't he? Right? Yeah. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. do you reckon? Secret eight mile. I feel like he has like a freestyle. You've, we've talked about this before. That sometimes his little aphorisms they are like poetry. They're like these little sayings and weird little, and it does have a touch of freestyle rap about it. Like whenever you see someone do freestyle rap, it is often exactly how Ross Lyon speaks. You're just looking for little things that rhyme and go together. Well, I couldn't quite work out if it's freestyle or if it's beat poetry because there's a little bit of like, whoa, man, whoa, man. There's a bit of wordplay going on because, I mean, uh, when he said the lacocious precocious thing, uh-huh. I'm like, I just don't know that I would have ever described Lukosius as being a precocious player or a precocious talent. Right. So you think it was just because of the rhyme? A hundred percent. Like, I feel like he, like, he, and he, but he's in that kind of beat poet, freestyle rapper. So do you think he would, there would have been a chance he could have been like, uh, so uh, Lukosius um, is uh, super <laughs> califragilisticexpialidocious. You could find for Lukosius. <laughs> Other than precocious. You know, Lukosius kicked five goals. He got braggadocious. (laughs) (laughs) You think that's better? No. (laughs) It's a lot worse, let's be honest. (laughs) Well, it's time for uh, our weekly segment, Mic Check. Podcast, Mike. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, Bombers bounced back from their disappointing loss last week uh, to fight off a dogged GWS. What was your takeaway from that game? Really good game, but I can't comment too much on it because I did spend most of my week uh, playing the Aussie Rules footy game oh, from the Nintendo great. Entertainment System, um, oh, as fantastic. promised last week. Mm-hmm. And I just had a few takes on it uh, quickly, if that's okay. okay. Yeah, go for it. Really interesting game, obviously from the early 90s. You can choose a bunch of the teams, but there's also a few teams that don't exist, and I assume have yeah. never existed, including Perth, Hobart, Darwin, and Canberra, which suggests to me that they did little to no research uh, when making this game. <laughs> Well, they wanted to. They clearly wanted to appeal to like as many as Australians as possible. Yeah. That were like, but we can't be fucked because they don't even call them like the Canberra Cannons or anything. No. Do that. They? they just call it's just Canberra, the football team. Yeah. But are all the Melbourne teams still in it? Yeah. Yes, but funnily enough, when you choose your team, you it's mm. not like set to the colours because I assume there's so few colours that this game console can output. Yeah, it's like 1992, right? Is that what we're saying? Yeah. yeah. So if you choose, say, Essendon, you don't get red and black. You just get to choose between red, white, orange, blue, pink, and yellow. Which are, <laughs> for, so for every team, okay. those are your choices. There's no actual, uh, you know, set colors for team any colors. of the teams, which isn't very, um, you know, authentic to the source material. The game starts with uh, a sign saying, today's game at the park. Then it goes like Essendon, Geelong which I guess the park refers to maybe the MCG. And then every quarter, like this commentator, his face pops up and it has like a predetermined text kind of thing. For example, St. Kilda are tough and go after the ball at every opportunity. Or Brisbane's big men are just too strong. And then when St. Kilda won in the game I was playing, it just says St. Kilda's players are tougher and won easily. I mean, if anything, that is actually a pretty good summation of this round of football. The Brisbane yeah. <laughs> men were dominant and like St Kilda were tougher than their opposition. And then with everyone I talked to, the most resounding thing they remembered from playing this game, including you, Charlie, was this 
sound effect that plays if the ball goes out of bounds on the full. Out of bounds on the full. That just comes up every time. It doesn't change at all. Yeah, it's burnt into my my psyche because it, it's, I, do, I don't know what it is about the, the voice, but it, it's got this kind of, I don't know, it's almost Paul Hogan-esque tone to it. Or, or if someone's doing like a stereotypical Aussie accent, it doesn't sound real. I mean, is there a chance, Mike, you know more about video games than us, that this could have been built and designed in the States and that they just got an actor in to do the voice? Yeah, that's, I, I really don't know. I could barely find any information on the game's development at all. But one thing I did want to give credit to the game for, and you guys have obviously been to the footy, so you know how it feels to be at the footy. And I, what I would say is this game does a really good job of like, it really sounds like you're at the real footy when you're playing this game. This is just a little sound grab I've got of some crowd ambience and the siren going. And I think you guys will agree, this is exactly what it feels like when you're at the MCG. Take a listen. <laughs> uh, just It's so immersive. You just really feel like you're there and... That's what I thought was the best part about Aussie Rules Footy. Like, put aside all the inaccuracies of the game itself, but when you hear sounds like that while you're playing, you just, you you really Takes you to the game. Yeah. It It sounds like you're in the the, the car park at the MCG trying to get out. I feel like that's what welcome to the park. They mean the car park where this game is really (laughs) taking place. Uh, So that was my experience. What were the and how does it handle like in terms of the gameplay? So uh, can you do everything yeah, what that can you can do, you do on footy field? There's like, marking, handball, and kicking. Yeah, I mean, you, it, it's really hard to. Play. Are you playing like, one player or are you controlling your entire no, you, team? It's it's sort of like FIFA where the player that has the ball is the player you're controlling. Right. Um, and if yeah. you don't have the ball, you can swap players to try and tackle and get to the ball. But yeah, you you kind of just it, it's a very basic game. Um, you're just pressing a button to kick and then they just mark it sort of automatically. automatically. But yeah, it, I didn't play for too long because it was really hard and quite boring. To <laughs> Even though I really <laughs> felt like I was there. Um, yeah, it was, um, it, was, uh, it was quite difficult to get immersed in. Uh, now, Mike, uh, the regular feature on the Mike Check uh, segment is uh, we get listeners to write in to test your knowledge on yes. common Aussie rules lingo. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, Scott has uh, written in. He says, Mike, what is a checkside goal? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Is that the kind of goal where you're like, at, you're kicking from out of bounds on the full and you're like... <laughs> Wait a minute, you've been playing that game too much. <laughs> it's got into your no. head. Out of bounds. On the full. <laughs> out of bounds on the full. <laughs> no, but when you're like, it's such a hard shot to get because you're like so on the boundary. Do you know what I mean? Well, you, you're kind yeah. of right. Just give me yeah. more information. It's certainly the sort of kick that you might do from a yeah. hard angle. Yeah. It doesn't have to be from the boundary line, but it's certainly the sort of kick that you would do if you were on the boundary line. And I'll give you a clue. It's actually a regional dialect yes. kind of thing. It's called well. something different in Victoria. Because yeah. it has a, it has another name depending on what state you play. But in. it's when like you're sort of near the mm-hmm. behind goal and you're almost like at a parallel. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're almost like perpendicular yeah. Yeah. to the goal. So so you have to kind of do a really harsh yeah. curve in. Uh, yeah, through the goal. that is kind that of you? it. Well, hang on. You, the well, the it's, ball it's, has to yeah. do a curve. Well, you in. tell him, Will. You. C- you kick yeah, the ball yeah. like across your foot rather than straight down over your foot. Yeah. The ball so that it yes. curls. Yeah. Make the ball bend in, in direction. Now, 
It curls in a direction like that off the boot. Say I'm in the pocket, I'm a right footer. It curls like this, Mike. What, what is the other mm. name that that uh, kick has? Uh, I know in Victoria it wasn't called a, a check side. It wasn't called a check side where you grew up, was it, Charlie, in Victoria? Okay, so I think it's a South Australian term, check side, originally. But uh, it, was called something in, uh, it was called something in Victoria. Was it a ban- banana kick? Correct. <gasps> Podcast it's, Yes, mark. I remember yes. learning from school, from primary school. Banana. Yeah. And I think I've also heard some people call it a boomerang kick. Well, have mm. you heard that? Oh, like yeah. I think yeah. some people have described it as a boomerang kick, but that's that's not accepted as as sort of as um, commonplace. I mean it's in the shape of a boomerang, but a boomerang kick implies comes that it back. will actually come back to you. <laughs> Uh, Sir Larrington Smythe wants to know, Mike, what does it mean if you're going up the guts? It sounds like a sexual term as well, doesn't mm, it? A little bit. Gross sexual term. It, it is, is it to do with like when there's a punch on and you like people are now punching each other like in the <laughs> stomach? So you're saying Ben Cunnington, this is Ben Cunnington loves to go up the guts. Actually, no, 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 no. It's when uh, you just kick from like okay. the middle of the pitch all the way to... Like the gulls from like the Jesus middle. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I felt like you were making up some ground with the banana thing. I feel like you're going backwards now. Uh, it's it was similar. Like it just literally means to go for the middle yes. of the ground. You go yeah, up the yeah. guts, move the ball yes. through the corridor. The guts of the, the ground. Corridor. The ground being the thing that has the uh, guts. Yeah. <laughs> just one final one from Sir Larrington. Uh, this is a favourite of mine. If a player has spent it before he had it, Mm. What is going on? Yeah, so he's had he's got possession and he's gone too quick with the kick and he's mistimed it and it's gone back to the opposing team's possession. Uh, doesn't not not necessarily, but yes, the the, the, the concept that a player has uh, uh, moved too quickly yeah. uh, before they've taken yeah. complete possession yeah. of the ball, and you is, could have taken correct. a bit more time and had a more accurate kick or a more well thought out kick. well they moved on before they got it really it's more like you, they, yeah. Yeah. They, okay. they were thinking yeah. about what so, they were so going to do with sprint- it before they'd taken full possession yeah. of it right <laughs> yeah which is a beautiful metaphor for the times we live in. A lot of people, uh, we live on credit. We spend right. it before we have it. Spend it before we have it. I'm just living in modern <laughs> times. I don't know what you're talking about. It's after pay, uh, guys. It's a big business. <laughs> Well, we love to take a look um, at the commentary each week, and uh, we had a, a chock-a-block week of amazing commentary. Uh, there was one bit that caught both you and I, uh, caught our interest, which was uh, Joe Watson in the Blues and Kangaroos game. Really bringing some special comments <laughs> to the game. The old saying that the longer the game gets, the, the bigger they are, the bigger they stay. They don't get any smaller, the big blokes. <laughs> <laughs> You know that old saying. <laughs> that old saying. <laughs> no, uh, Joe. I think it was a lethal, right? Lethal used to say, uh, "The longer the game goes, the bigger guys don't get any smaller." That's that's yeah. roughly the, I'm paraphrasing. The big guys, yeah. The big guys don't get smaller. Is really yeah. you could simplify it down to. <laughs> The game goes on. The big guys don't get any smaller. That's which, it. which reminded us both of another uh, famous quote from an American president. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, "Fool me once, shame on." Shame on you. Fool me, we can't get fooled again. Thanks, Job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Simpler times when presidents were just war criminals as opposed to war criminals and psychopaths. <laughs> Job W. Bush. Yeah. Uh, uh, during the Brisbane game, I was very worried for JB. Tell me, do you think he accidentally sat on his balls in this moment? Harris Andrews. He put... 
<laughs> like, it really sounds like something painful happened to him in a split second. Hipwood! He went up with the mark. That was like he was halfway through his name and then Hipwood went up a little bit further and JB decided to follow him up. That's <laughs> amazing. Uh, your mate, Howie, mm. boy, oh boy. Like, I feel mm. like having watched a lot of games this weekend, there's, there's definitely like you've got your colour commentators, yeah. like your Duanos and your BTs and your mm. JBs. Then you've got your more kind of standard like Huddos and stuff like that. Yep. And then Howie, I don't know where Howie's sitting at the moment because I would have okay. said, oh, he's more like an Anthony Hudson, like a serious yep. sports journalist. But I feel like he was putting a bit of flavour okay. uh, on his commentary this weekend. This is from the Giants-Bombers uh, game. Dished out from Himmelberg to Kelly and now the Giants go bang, bang. <laughs> the Giants go bang, bang, Will. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. I mean, and bang, I bang like, is about as like flamboyant as Howie will get, though. Like he's not going to oh, overstep. But- it's a multi-purpose mm. bit of commentary because you can you can literally play it with anything. Bang bang. He shut me down. Bang bang. <laughs> bang bang. Or maybe, <laughs> or maybe will maybe hip hop is more your flavour. <laughs> bang bang. Bang bang. I mean, I'm impressed by oh. the level of production that's going into today's show. I will say that, Mike. <laughs> Mike and I had a little long meeting before we did this just to make sure this all worked. And it didn't, by the way. <laughs> the listeners won't know that, but it didn't. Uh, but maybe you're like, maybe you like mm. pop music, Will. Yeah. Maybe you're into Jesse J and Ariana Grande. Bang, bang. <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> all right, yeah, we have fun on this show. We have fun. Will, yeah. it's all a bit of fun. Yeah, it's a great bit of fun. I've enjoyed this very much. It's now time for our regular segment, Brain Dwayne. Brain Dwayne. Dwayne was uh, out of the box last week. He was going nuts. I think he was a bit more subdued this week. Um, I don't know if he's commentating in uh, the Cats-Hawks uh, game this afternoon, but he was definitely doing the Suns and the Saints on the weekend. So there was this little gem. Filippo got the handball off. Suns have got a wall behind the ball, though. The sun block. <laughs> which he broke out a bit later in the game. He didn't quite get the reaction that he thought he was going to for the sunblock, so he tried it again a bit later to zero reaction. I don't know if that makes sense, by the way. I feel like that's a real stretch the, to make the wall the sunblock. I feel like he's, that's too, like it just, it needs to be just like some sort of block in the game. He needed to hold his fire. Uh, as in, like, so Jared Witts mm. puts a screen up for Took, so yeah. that's a sunblock. A sunblock, yeah, okay. exactly. Or holds that, fends him off. It's a sunblock, yeah. yeah that yeah. makes more sense. This, though, I think uh, is, is, is vintage Dwayne. Anderson got a kick away. Oh, oh the Matrix move by Mr. Anderson. Oh, <laughs> now... Having not seen, like, I'm, I'm assuming you haven't seen that particular highlight, but what were you imagining was happening for that to be a Matrix move? You'd think, like, Scott Pendlebury, right? Like, everyone just sort of freezes around seems, him? Yeah, he seems like everybody else is going slow and he's just moving for them, or maybe some sort of high-flying kick through the air, that might be it, or maybe something's going towards his head and he is managing to <laughs> lean out of the way what to avoid that? it, I guess. So maybe just grabbing the ball out of a ruck contest and just kicking it towards yeah. the goal. Okay, feels like feels like Duano's like come with a couple preloaded this week and really had to jam him in, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, that was a hundred percent a premeditated uh, bit from Dwayne. Um, let's get to the mailbag and then we'll wrap things up. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can. Uh, 
at Two Guys One Cup AFL on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Magic Jokic says, "Why are the Suns the way they are? I talk myself into them every season, and it just goes horribly wrong eventually." Uh, look, the first thing I'll say is it's round four. Let's not, you know, jump the gun. But fuck, I don't know, man. Like, it sort of feels like, I mean, I'm on the Gold Coast as we record this. And I've got to be honest with you. The last thing I want to do is go watch football up here. Like, it's beautiful. It's blue skies. The beaches are packed. I'm thinking of maybe just taking some steroids and hitting the beach. <laughs> like, that's all you want to do up here. Like, it's hard to establish footy culture in this part of Queensland. Uh, Adam Spencer has suggested to us the Gold Coast sins. And I feel like it is probably time. Like, we've talked about it a couple of times over the years that we're like, what is the identity of the Gold Coast? And we've talked about the idea that they could become the alt-right team but I do feel like the natural home, like the history of the Gold Coast Suns, you, you know, the car, it's time to bring Carmichael Hunt back to the club. Oh, you're back. I'm going to say, <laughs> I think as it's president, time. I think Carmichael Hunt's got yeah. to put together a board challenge, a Richmond style, yeah. you know, board challenge. It's got to be led by Carmichael Hunt. You've got to get a bunch of, you got to get the guy who ran that house, the guy whose name I could never it- remember, the Gold Coast guy who used to have that house where all the models would be. What's the name of that guy? Uh, the Candy, candy Man. Man. So we put together a yeah. ticket with, <laughs> with Carmichael Hunt, the Candy Man. Warwick Kappa. Warwick Kappa. And you put together, like, like make the Gold Coast the Gold Coast sins. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Is it too early to bring back Tony Cochran? <laughs> that's oh, what I'm saying. It would be the most Tony Cochran move in the world for him to return three weeks after officially leaving. Yeah, Jeff Kennett style. There's only one man who can turn this club back around. But Tony Cochran does it after three weeks. I don't think so. Bring Tony back. Uh, well, you mentioned uh, Jeremy Finlayson's interview after the game. Uh, Shay says Finlayson dropped three backs against the walls in his post-match interview. Plus the prison bars snatching a victory from the jaws of defeat are port reinventing themselves as Collingwood. Well, that's interesting because there is a there is a gap in the market now for a backs against the wall type team because Collingwood are no longer that mm-hmm. team, are they? Mm-hmm. I think you're right. There was no space, obviously, against the wall back in the day because Collingwood always had their backs against the wall. It was very hard to mosey your way in. But maybe that's been part of the exchange. You know, there's been a little bit of a, you know, they've obviously said they can use the prison bars. Like, is there a chance that this is like, you know what? And we'll give you the prison bars. And they're like, well, we'd like to use the prison bars, like, consistently. And they said, well, here's the deal. What we're willing to do is let you have the prison bars for the showdown but as a bit of a sweetener, we're not really using backs against the wall anymore. Would you like some backs yeah, against the that. wall? You can take that. <laughs> take that. Uh, April wants to know, after uh, Duday's scorpion kick, did you see that in the goal score? He stopped not, a, a no. goal. Uh, he did a, like a, a back heel to stop a certain goal. He, he kicked it through. Okay. Um, what other soccer moves should the AFL players adopt? Mate, it was a it was big weekend for soccer moves. So in the Bulldogs game... Tim English kicked a goal that, like, was an absolute soccer goal. Like, you know, literally struck it like you were like, if we need somebody to do penalty kicks for Australia at the next World Cup, Tim English might be the person. And then there was another goal that bounced off Rory Lobb's head into the arms of one of our players. So I feel like maybe there's a little bit of that going on at the Bulldogs. I mean, concussion is already a huge problem in the Aussie rules. Do we really want to bring in, like, heading the ball as part of our game? I'm not sure that Rory Lobb could do it on purpose. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that when he's going for a mark, it's going to happen enough incidentally. Uh, speaking of which, a lot of people did write in after a Falcon discussion last week to say, yes, indeed is a rugby league term. Uh, Mario Fennick, uh, he was the uh, uh, the uh, the origins of the Falcon. 
Um, Tom wants to know which player's bald head, past or present, has the closest resemblance to an egg? Obviously an oh, Easter-themed question. Yeah. Nigel Smart. Remember Nigel Smart? It was very egg-like, wasn't it? Because immediately yeah. I thought Gary Hablett, but it's a bit too oh, yeah. short round. and round. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like Nigel, Nigel Smart had like a proper, a proper egg-shaped head. He looked like Vincent Price in the Batman TV series when he played Egghead. Yeah. <laughs> like he literally had that dome. It was comical. At the top. And imagine yeah. if he got like a knock to the head, some yolk might spill out instead of blood. Oh, we've got to get him off of the yolk rule. He's definitely got some yolk coming out. Uh, Rito says, have Brisbane found the formula for slowing down Collingwood? The first quarter was classic 22-23 pies, but after that, something clicked and Brisbane stopped them in their tracks. Ah, uh, I wouldn't jump the gun on. Collingwood were without a ruckman and they'd been up for three weeks. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like every other footy fan online who's really <laughs> willing to write off Collingwood after one bad game. Yeah, and I don't, like, I mean, Brisbane are, a, the reason that people were tipping Brisbane for the premiership pre-season is because of how good Brisbane are playing at the Gabba. Like, you know, that's the Brisbane that everyone was... T- like, uh, Collingwood are fine. I think that the story of this season is St Kilda. Oh, great. <laughs> like, yeah, we're not going to go that. There, was a, there is a question here about are you keeping a lid on it? I didn't even read it because that's how much of a lid I'm keeping on things right now. I'm just enjoying watching footy, Will. Uh, this is from Mitchie. Uh, hey, fellas, big fan of the pod. Question for Mike in honour of Richo the Cooler. What is a mozza? That's uh, isn't that the Essendon mascot, Mozza the mosquito? Mozza, is that what it yep. is? <laughs> is that what it is? Oh. No, no. I think I think it's I think what he's saying. I think uh, he, to put the moz on someone. So when he says Mozza, that was a good answer though. That was a good solid answer. And by the way, did you say the Essendon mascot is a mosquito? Isn't it? Oh, because he's got the pointy nose. No, he's, a, he a he's an airplane. He's a I'd bomber. I'd imagine he's a bomber, right? Yeah, no, but I think he might be called, no, I think he's called Mozza. No, I'm telling you that it's a mosquito. They have a mosquito? As a no, yeah. he's not mascot. a mosquito. They're the bombers. Like, they, aren't the, they aren't the SNM Mozzies. Yeah, it is. Look, uh, hang on. Let me share my screen with you. This guy yeah. here. I, I mean, remember him. Mozzie the mosquito. I mean, you're right. He is absolutely... <laughs> He looks like a mosquito, but he's an aeroplane. Oh. No, I'm pretty sure he's a mosquito. Are they wings? Like, I mean, hang on. Yeah. No, their mascot is a uh, known as Skeeter Reynolds and was named after Dick Reynolds. He yeah. is a mosquito. Yeah, his name is Moz oh, Skeeto. That makes no sense. I thought you guys would have known that. <laughs> No, that's that's Okay, well, maybe that is what the question refers to. Sorry, I just thought it was that putting the moz no, on well, someone. No, hang on. Because he's talking about the cooler. But I think this is a bigger issue. How long have Essendon been rocking around with a mosquito? I'm pretty sure it's because the, their mascot. the junior Essendon League is the mosquitoes. And that's right. why they're... Because you can't really just have a fighter plane mosquito. Oh, sorry, a fire a fighter plane mascot. Why not? We've got a bloody bolt of lightning as Port Adelaide's mascot. That's a fair point. Well, you, you, can have, you can have a an aeroplane. Oh, that's bizarre. We'll have to get that to next week. Um uh, Dan wants to know, Charlie Cameron's got Country Road. What would your just kick to goal song be? Uh Kate Sobrano's Young Boys Are My Weakness. <laughs> I think it it's gotta be something like that. It's gotta be in that zone of like why 
Because that's what, what works about Country Road. It's like you just go, this doesn't make sense as a Charlie Cameron song and I love that he liked it. I think mine would be uh, Stutter Rap by Morris Minor and <laughs> the Majors. Because <laughs> mine is a Majors, footy themed. Uh, which coaches do you think have watched Ted Lasso? Uh, now, I've never seen Ted Lasso, but I understand it's, it's all about positivity, right? It's all about cuddles. Well, maybe Alistair Clarkson in the off-seasons watched a bit. Ross Lyons, cuddly Ross these days. Did you see, by the way, that um, uh, the Fagan moment in the Brisbane game where in the box, there's just that moment out. where he looks like he has a... <laughs> like he's just, <laughs> And then he just says, fuck, yeah. like out of the blue, like he has Tourette's or something? Uh, yeah, I said JB sat on his balls. Maybe Fagan's did as well. <laughs> I think JB sat on Fagan's balls. Um, Robbo wants to know what team colours should the next AFL club be? So assuming it's Tassie, what colour is their team? I mean, the, the Apple Isle. So, so like, it could be green. Green. Green's not common in the AFL, is it? It's green and yellow is the state jumper. Green and gold. I mean, what would they be? The Tassie Devils? Seems obvious. Yeah, it could be the Tassie Devils. I mean, there's already the Demons, so there's yeah. a bit of... What else would they be? The Tassie Apples? I mean, the that Tassie... doesn't quite work, does it? Tassie Tigers? Uh, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What would they um, be? What about... So, yeah, so the colour, I mean, you think of it as being green. Like, both the state is very green, but, you know, obviously the Apple Isle thing. I think you can't obviously be the Tasmanian Tigers because we've already got a Tigers, but you could be the Devils. Um, I don't know. Like, what goes well with green? Maybe that's the bigger question. Like, what's a colour that looks good with green? Green and red go well together and it's got an apple kind of look to it, green and red. So green and red, I think you could have. And also, if you're going to go with Devils, red's fine. Red's good colour. But green's a bad colour for a footy field because... You know, if a player like hits the deck, you can't see. <laughs> well, then maybe that's their competitive advantage is camouflage. <laughs> they just lurk. <laughs> they, at the first bounce, they're all just like spread eagle on the ground. So everyone you lie can't down. See us. Everyone lie down. And they play. Mate, in... we can still see your arms and your legs and your no, head. They're playing in full pants and full sleeves. <laughs> just wearing those like green screen suits that they do when they're making CGI movies. One last question. This yeah. is from uh, SJB. Is Matt Rowell eating pasta with chorizo or mm. is he eating chorizo that has been put through a veggie spiral maker? Oh, interesting. Never thought of that. Yeah. Spiralizing chorizo. So Maybe that's why he only tr- had nine touches on the, the weekend. The chorizo is actually the pasta itself. Is that what we're saying? Can we? Yeah. I, I think it's been reticent. Uh, not reticent. Uh, it's been, um, we've look, on this podcast, we used to be the, the number one sock-based discussion AFL podcast. And we have... <laughs> Like now, four weeks in, not mentioned once the fact that Matty Rowell is clearly wearing anklet socks. Like, oh. I didn't even know that it was AFL, you were allowed to wear anklet socks. I thought there used to be a rule that you weren't allowed to, but he is absolutely, he's not just wearing short socks. They are some sort of Gold Coast Suns anklet style sock. Right. I, I've not noticed that. I just assume when I see that on the ground that it's players pushing their socks down, but you can get like anklet socks. He's got socks. short socks or he's cut them off. I don't know what he's done. He's fashioned his own socks. Like, is there? Has he had them special? Has he had them specially made, or has he's he done his own socks? He's the world's oldest twenty-year-old. I could see doing that. 
All right, we'll just finish it there. That is two guys, one cup this week. Um, now, here's the point where I say, don't forget our tips come out on Thursday, but uh, a little bit of a blunder last week. Uh, we recorded our tips, but then um, somewhere in the process, I won't say who, I won't say if it was Will or me or Podcast Mike who forgot to upload our tips uh, on Thursday, but they'll be there again this week. Okay. Um, so remember to check out our Instagram on Thursday afternoon for our tips and there'll be a mini podcast with the tips as well for those of you who don't have Instagram. Mm. Uh, if you want to check out other great podcasts, go to tofop.com and Will is doing shows at the moment. Oh, yeah, Melbourne International Comedy Festival for the next two weeks. My show, Will Luminate, is at the Comedy Theatre. I would love to see you there. And if you want to send us a message, you can at Two Guys One Cup AFL on Instagram and Twitter. But that's it for now. Play on, not 15. Come on. We are Two Guys One Cup.